the starting lineup for your abstract sports podcast. At the host position, standing five feet seven inches tall, with a solid dad bod build out of the University of Idaho. His name is Kyle Taylor. Richards! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life from an abstract perspective, uh, but also looking at it from real storylines as well. Um, this is episode 28. I'm Kyle Richards, your host, a.k.a. Tater Deluxe, coming at you live on Twitch right now. If you're curious what a live video broadcast of this podcast is like, uh, you can find and follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash abstractsports. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the intro there, and I'm, a, I'm doing this one solo. I mean, if you're here watching, you, you see just me. I'm wearing some reflective glasses. It kind of shows you what's on my desk. Maybe that's not a good idea. Um... You know what? I'm going to actually switch. I'm going to switch this. <laughs> Don't want to give away too many secrets. You know what I mean? Let me do this real quick. Oh. So I'm wearing some shades today because uh, I gave four presentations, or no, actually five presentations at uh, a high school here in my hometown. And my voice is all messed up, and I am haggard looking. I am tired. But uh, you know what? It was very worth it. I, I loved um, being able to talk to kids about uh, what I do. When I say kids, I mean high school students, you know, freshmen through seniors. I love being able to talk to them and tell my story. And uh, hopefully it lets them know that further education is a good idea because that's what helped me get to the point where I am today. Um, and it went really well. I had a lot of really great great questions. Um, I did also get the normal questions from the students like, how much do you make? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you how much I make, but I'll tell you that the more skills you have, the more um, money you're going to make because you have more value to your company that you work for. So gave them all the roundabout answers there. Um, but I, th- I think it went really well, and I, I enjoy doing that every single year. So shout out to Rigby High School for hosting me. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. So to before we get into all the sports-related stuff, um, I want to talk about some some things going on on the blog um, and things I have in the works right now. So uh, I'm a little behind on the bowling blogs that I've been meaning to, to do. So I did week one, and it was a big hit with the people I bowl with. They thought it was pretty funny um, because I was talking about how crappy I bowled and why that was. Uh, <laughs> but... Not only that, but, uh, you know, I'm really not that great of a bowler anyways, but I'm a little bit behind. I have week two already drafted up. I just need to put images in and get it posted. And then week three, I believe I was gone. It might've been week two. I was gone. I don't know. I, Cause we were in Kansas city visiting our friend Gavin. And so I missed that Friday, but I did bowl this last weekend and it was significantly better than the other two. A lot more consistent. If I remember right, I mean, You'll, you'll see it in the blog post, but I think my scores were something along the lines of um, something like, sorry, my mic is like blown out, it looks like, but my scores were like 140, 140, 149. So I'm getting more consistent. The idea is I just got to raise that up to the 164 level because that's what my average is. Um, 
But yeah, so <laughs> it's been kind of a struggle. But speaking of missing bowling because of uh, Kansas City, I do have the vlog in the works. I've got all the video files and everything uploaded into an Adobe Premiere file. Uh, going through and chopping those up, and I need to start finding some music. If anybody's listening to this who uh, produces music or you know has music they'd like me to put in this thing, preferably hip hop or poppy type of stuff. Rock is okay, um, but usually I go for the hip hop stuff because it's more it's upbeat and friendly and and is good. It's just good uh, listening music while you're watching a video. So uh, if you know anybody or if you have some music you'd like to share. Uh, please tweet it to us at Abstract Sports, or you can email us a link at hello at abstractsports.com. But anyways, since Mike is not here, we're not going to do his microwaves hot topics. We're going to skip over that. We're going to jump right into some basketball, boys and girls. Let's talk about some basketball. So, I'm super stoked for basketball. Season begins Tuesday next week, so next time you see us, NBA basketball season will have been underway. Um, Two games are happening that Tuesday. We've got Boston at Cleveland. Okay, we all know about the big trade that went down over the summer. Kind of shook the world a little bit. Isaiah Thomas is still a little bit pissed off from what I'm reading on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's okay because I love – I love being able to follow these storylines. I know it's probably sucks for the athletes, but um, I love being able to keep up with that and, and be entertained. Uh, but also the, the game that happens this Tuesday between those guys. Oh my gosh. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am because it, just, it seems like there's a little bit of animosity. I don't know if it's necessarily between the players or if it's just because, because between like it and the management at Cleveland or in Boston, but um. I'm really looking forward to that matchup because I feel like it can be a nail biter. And it, the fact that it's the season opener just makes so much sense. And the se- you know, the schedule was made before the trade happened, obviously. So it's not like they put this together uh, all willy nilly. It's like the trade happened, then they're like, oh snap, they face each other in the opening night. Look out. Um, so, anyways, besides the Boston at Cleveland, we've got Houston at Golden State. Uh, it seems like they're basically trying to pit two of the top teams in each conference against each other to start it out just to get a good good ratings boost right at the very beginning and then uh we'll we'll kind of see what happens from there but uh Houston at Golden State uh, is the other game happening uh let me actually pull those games up um I'm actually glad those games are happening on a Tuesday because I very well might miss that podcast um I hope no auto automatic audio plays for you guys because some websites have been doing that on me lately and it pisses me off. I just need to see the schedule on the NBA website. Okay. All right. Um, so let's see, excuse me. I'm gassy. Ooh, all that water I'm drinking. So Wednesday, October 11th, that would be today. We don't want that Tuesday, October 17th, Boston at Cleveland. That game's 8 PM Eastern time on TNT. You'll want to catch that. And then, Right after that, it's a doubleheader. Houston Rockets at Golden State Warriors at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. So that's going to be a night filled with basketball. I'll come back strong on Wednesday for the podcast to recap those games. Um, I plan to hit basketball pretty hard this year. I mean, I feel like I hit football pretty hard um, when that season comes up. But 
man, today or this this year, basketball is going to be my jam. It, it always really is. No pun intended with the jam comment. But there you go. Next Tuesday, some basketball stuff's going on. Um, let's see what else is happening in the basketball world. Is there really anything? Because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I'm not entirely prepared this week. Um, doing this by myself, I feel like this episode might be significantly shorter than previous ones. But uh, I'm loving what I've got going for the intro. And I, even if this one happens to be 30 minutes long, I'm okay with that because the intro was fire. At least I hope. I'm going to have to listen to it when I go back and see how that went. <laughs> Cause a lot of the audio, I can't hear it. Um, the way my setup is if I have audio coming through my speakers, you get double audio on your end, which is not bueno. <laughs> so I'll have to figure that out. And when I get my new fancy setup, but, uh, anyways, enough making excuses. Um, just reading some headlines here. Irving Celtics edge Hornets in preseason finale. Kyrie puts insane handles on display. That's like every game uh, on ESPN Rockets versus Grizzlies at 9:30 PM Eastern time. So that's going on in about four minutes. Uh, then you got, Oh yeah. Andrew Wiggins signing the humongous extension. It's like a five year, 146 mil extension with the Timberwolves. I'm excited for the Timberwolves this year with Jimmy buckets on that team. Oh my gosh. Like talking all this basketball makes me want to go play so bad. I'm pretty sure as as soon as this podcast is over, I'm gonna to go to the gym and I'm gonna put up some buckets. Like I'm gonna go make a ton of buckets. That's all I want to do right now. Um, although this is entertaining, don't don't wor- don't you worry. I'm still here. Um, and then uh, apparently LeBron is not sure if he's going to be available. No, says Tyron Lue is not sure of LeBron's status for opener. I'm not sure what his deal is, but in preseason. The last game they played, he was getting some points and stuff, but he seemed kind of gassed. And I think that's just because that last game of the preseason, he was trying to get get up to pace of what the regular season is going to be like so that he can prepare to be a winning team, uh, a leader on a winning team, I should say. Uh, and I think he gassed himself out. That's me just guessing. Um, but like I was saying, this other headline, I'm just reading things off NBA.com, by the way. Um, since I'm a little bit unprepared, I apologize for that, but... All these things are very relevant, and I can riff off these like nobody's business because it's basketball, and I love basketball. Uh, but anyways, Tom, according to Isaiah Thomas, going back to his trade talks, he says it still doesn't make any sense. Um, I read some other things, and he's just like, you can tell he's still pissed. And so I'm, I cannot wait to see if he comes out and destroys the Celtics, or if Kyrie Irving just destroys Cleveland, and by getting Gordon Hayward involved. Oh my gosh, I can't even wait, guys. I can't contain my excitement. Um, But yeah, so that's pretty much what we've got for NBA basketball. Again, college basketball is not quite a month away. Uh, Teams are still practicing. And um, I know Micah and I, when he, um, I mean, I know he agrees with me on this, but I'm pretty sure we're going to try to catch some games this year. I think the Vandals will be playing uh, in Pocatello. Uh, or in, and maybe some games in Boise for the for the uh, tournament this year instead of Vegas. So really looking forward to that. Moving on to oh no, I should not have closed that out. Let me reopen that up. Sorry. Oh no, it's gonna play audio. Please don't pause. Oh, sorry. Anyways, <laughs> I need a sound engineer. I need I need some some interns. Oh my goodness. This is just 
bananas. So going to some hockey, I saw some pretty crazy hockey scores the other day. Um, let me see if I cannot find them. Uh, I saw one score that was like nine to one. Oh my gosh. My computer pissing me off. Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. All right. NHL is like nine to one. I'm pretty sure it was the Blackhawks or the Penguins actually, uh, Sidney Crosby and gang. See scores. Uh, was it Tuesday? No, I, it seems like the scores this year in hockey are higher than I remember them getting in recent time. Like up to f- like every week, there's like a five point game. I don't know, or every day. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Like there's a game here between Maple Leafs and Rangers back on Saturday, eight to five Maple Leafs. That's just a lot of scoring for hockey, it seems. Where the heck is that game? There it is. Okay, it was the Black. Oh, it was the Blackhawks and Penguins. I was thinking it was the, either the Penguins or the Blackhawks. Blackhawks bested the Penguins ten to one. Ten to one. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Sidney Crosby who's on the Blackhawks, isn't it? I'm not a. I'm not a hockey guy. Uh, not super duper, anyways. Um, Sidney. Crosby. I just know that he's like a god when it comes to hockey. Okay, he's on the Penguins, so his team got destroyed. Who is it that I'm thinking of then? Who is the guy? I'm going to say guy on Blackhawks. Let's see. Their roster. Maybe that'll help. Please don't give me any freaking automatic audio. I will hurt you, internet. All right, I think we're good. What name rings a bell in here? We got Anizimov, Boma, Debrincat. Such Canadian names. Hartman. Oh, you. Getting audio from ads. Hartman, Hayden, Hassa, Kane, Caro, Panic, Sad, Schmaltz, Sharp, Tuis, Tutu, and Wingles. None of those guys sound familiar at all. I must be going crazy. Maybe it was a different game I was watching highlights for, but some. But I think Sidney Crosby had a had a a hattie, as they called it, a hat a hat trick. Um, that would be three goals in a game by one player. Fun fact. Um, I know little about hockey, but I know that. But anyways, yeah, hockey's underway. Hockey and basketball kind of take the same path. Um, Eighty-two games in a season. Hockey starts a little bit earlier. Stanley Cup is like a week before the NBA Finals. Um, Kind of interesting. Uh, both fast-paced games, highly highly physical. Um, but, yeah, very interesting um, deal there. Um, moving on, I think. I think that pretty much does it for hockey. So let's move on and do some... Some baseball. Boom, America's sport. America's favorite pastime. So there's been some action in the MLB postseason. I really wish I had Micah here to help me out with this because I'm also not a big uh, baseball buff. Um, But I'm going to go to the standings here. From what I understand, the Astros moved on to the ALCS. 
the American League Championship Series. Um, let's see here. Postseason projections. That's Is that what I want? Postseason picture. Yeah, that's what I want. All right. So the Yankees. Who are you? Who is that? The Yankees moved on off the wild card to take on the Cleveland Windians. And that... Where's the records? It doesn't show the records on here. This is ridiculous. MLB, you need to get your game straight, bruh. But it looks... Yeah, the Astros did beat the Boston Red Sox, move on to the ALCS. Uh, We still have... Looks like the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks to go to the NLCS. Uh, Cubs and Washington Nationals still going at it, uh, as well as the the Windians and the Yankees. Um, Oh, my gosh. Is that audio playing? No. Oh, that would have been so bad. That would have been so bad. Um, Well, anyways, where, where are we looking here? postseason projections is that going to give me records of what's going on Ugh. no this is stupid uh let me just go to the home page i think that had some scores i'm really sorry guys this is just terrible here we go probably gonna get some automatic audio thanks to modern day internet i've mentioned that too many times they need to kill it oh crap Okay, audio's off on that one. Thank goodness. So the Yankees and Indians, that game is in the top of the fifth right now. It's game five. Yankees are up 3-0 in that game. Uh, It's not telling me what the... um, Don't don't show me... Don't give me all this. Ah! (laughs) It's not even telling me who's... Oh, this website is broken. Okay, I don't know what the record is for the the Yankees and Indians series. It's game five. I know that much. So there's that. The Washington Nationals are up right now. Or actually, no, they they beat the Cubs five to nothing in game four. The series is tied two to two. Um, if anybody can come through with the record of the the ALDS game five, ALDS MLB. I'm just gonna do that nothing you alcs why was it why did it say alds on their website um anyways i don't know what the series record is there i'm done bantering about that moving on um to be honest i mean i i like to root for aaron judge that dude just seems like a down-to-earth guy he's very intelligent he's well-spoken um indians obviously i think they've got something going for them with their sweet revenge Motive where they got beat last year in seven games against the Cubs. They want to come back strong and get the championship this year. Uh, how funny would it be to see the the Cubs and Indians? Cubs were like one of the not favorites going into the postseason, and lately they've been looking pretty good. Season's tied up 2-2. They could end up going to the NLCS in a few days. So uh, something to keep your eyes on. But right now it could be between the Astros are taking on either the Yankees or the Indians. And then the Dodgers are taking on either the Cubs or the Nationals. Something to look forward to. I know I'm excited for that. Uh, some some later round postseason baseball. But that is what we have for the baseball segment. Moving on to 
Huck'em Chuck'em Football. That's right. So today I want to talk about Mitchell Trubisky's debut. How about that guy, huh? He comes out Monday Night Football. He's on the biggest stage beyond, you know, it's not playoff game or Super Bowl by any means. But Monday Night Football, it's about the biggest, most stressful stage you can be on as a rookie quarterback getting his first start. Monday Night Lights. <laughs> um, with, you know, playing in front of his home crowd with a lot of hopeful fans who want him to do well. Uh, this, is a, this is a guy who got drafted um, way earlier in the in the draft than people thought he would, and Bears fans were surprised that they even trade up, traded up to pick him up. Um, and so they want to see him succeed. Otherwise, they're going to be pissed, the Bears fans. Um, but from what I watched, it seemed like Trubisky handled everything very well. He completed a lot of passes right out of the gate. Uh, the running game was not very strong for the Bears. Uh, you know, I actually don't remember what the score of that game was, but uh, I think the Bears won. Maybe not, but I, I know that Trubisky did a dang good job. Um, pretty excited to see what he goes on to do the rest of this season. Um, let's see. So if I can go to schedule... And then I can go back one week and check out the scores. Let's see here. Week five. Yeah, so Bears-Vikings. Vikings Vikings won 20-17. I think it was on a field goal, last-minute field goal. Uh, If I remember right, I'm not entirely sure. But regardless, Trubisky looked promising. I think Bears fans have something to look forward to. I'm not even... I don't even have a team, and I'm rooting for the Bears because of Trubisky. I think he... Seems like a really good guy as well, and uh, man, that that two point conversion though, that two point conversion was insane. Basically, they snap it to Trubisky. He hands it off to a tight end, I think, who runs left. Trubisky runs right, and the tight end hands it off to a running back that follows behind Trubisky. Double option gives it a little shovel pass to Trubisky for the two point conversion. That was wild. Um, I, I love John Gruden's response to that. He's like, I have never seen that play. Man, I love coaching. He's just like going off. Uh, so funny. I love that guy. I love John Gruden. I mean, he has his mannerisms. He has his things. But what a funny dude. I like him. Um, let's see. Football. Huck him, chuck him, football. So Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Sam Grizzle on Twitch says your wife wants her glasses back. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna get them back, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I just pulled this off way too well. But no, I I look really haggard underneath these things. Um, I do like the the purple shade. I think it does a lot for me. Uh, all you people listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, you just gotta come tune into the Abstract Sports Live Show um, where you watch me wear stupid things on my face. Uh, <laughs> Uh, shout out Sam Grizzle in the chat. Thanks for being here, buddy. Um, but anyways, how about Rogers' comeback with one thirteen to go? There's a meme that's been going around. Um, eventually, I'm going to get really good at this live streaming thing, though. I mean, I feel like my setup is really clean. Um, I'm watching my recording here, and it looks crisp as all hell. But one of these days, I'm going to get good enough where I just like can drag. I'll drag uh, 
screen caps or screen grabs right over into the, the stream so you can see the things I'm talking about. Um, but that's that's coming down the road. But I want to show you this meme. It's like this guy who's wearing, he looks like he's got an Aaron Rodgers face, facial hair set up going on with like the, the little mustache, but he had like a wraparound goatee. It's like he was trying to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he's standing in front of a bunch of Cowboys fans who are all cheering because they just scored. I don't know if they even scored, but they were up by five, I think, going into the, the final drive. The, the Packers had a minute 13 to go. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers, like the most clutch quarterback of all time. Um, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if that stands true, but he's pretty freaking clutch. Like last year, he beat the Cowboys in the exact same fashion by going down on a last-second drive and beating them. Um, he's also had those Hail Mary touchdowns that, that kill teams and all their hopes and spirits. Uh, but that meme was so great. It went viral and he's just like laughing. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, these guys cheer him with one thirteen to go LMAO. Oh man. Because like after the fact, when you see that, you're like, Oh, because the Cowboys lost. So <laughs> pretty good stuff. Um, so there's one of some other things in the NFL that are kind of kind of crazy to me right now. Um, <clears throat> hold on, I need to make a note here. Uh, what is it with all these players getting injured lately? Like we lost David Johnson um, really early in the season, if not preseason, and he was the number one draft pick on fantasy leagues. Um, you know, highly projected guy going into the season he's gone already for the whole season uh we lost brandon marshall over the weekend to like a a fracture um we lost jj watt to a a leg fracture as well um which you hate to see like the the city of houston after getting bombarded with uh hurricane harvey they need they need that the leader in jj watt um and maybe with him being off the field maybe he can help out more with that um i mean I hope that he can. It's just, you know, the city of Houston kind of needs a guy to lift them up. And JJ Watt is totally that guy. I mean, all the money he raised for that city um, to help give back to the people and get them on their feet is just astounding. So you hate to see a guy go down in pain like that. And like, you know, they had the cameras all up in his face. Like, like JJ, JJ, Hey JJ. Like people want to see you JJ. And he's just like scratching his head. He's got his hat off his head and he's like, I can't believe this is happening. And that type of stuff kind of hurts. Like you, you don't want to see a guy like JJ Watt go down. Um, I like that guy, but then the big nasty injury that we all saw because they kept playing replays of it, the entire broadcast after it happened, uh, OBJ with the nasty tibia. I think it's tibia, the lower leg break. Um, that was not a fracture. If you watch that replay, OBJ's leg and foot gets twisted around backwards like you like it doesn't it, that's not how it goes. Your foot does not bend that way, your leg does not twist that way. It was disgusting. I feel bad for OBJ too and the Giants. Giants going 0 and 5 to start out the season. It's like the worst start they've ever had. Um and they have a a good team, you know. I mean, they had they lost four receivers in that game. I believe it was Brandon Marshall OBJ, um, and two other guys. <laughs> One of the guys on my fantasy team is gone now because of him. Uh, speaking of defeated teams, 
I am defeated in one of my leagues right now. 0-5. What the hell? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I I kind of want to blame it on the fact that I had a mid-round draft pick. So I got like, you know, right in the middle of the pack the entire draft. But I got good players. I have like Matt Ryan, but he's not performing. Um, I had David Johnson. He was my first pick. But obviously he's out for the season. Maybe that's what's hurting me is injuries. But um, anyways, going back to the Giants, it sucks to see OBJ go down. And, I mean, he's got an attitude. He's got mature maturation problems. But I think his mind is in the right place. and He does a lot for his community. Those are the types of things I look to when I get upset about players getting hurt or, or whatever. It's like these guys do a lot for their team and their community. And then when they get hurt, just kind of like – it's like a shot to the gut, you know. There's nothing you can do. Um, so here's hoping that the Giants team can get a little better uh, in health terms. I mean, they're 0-5. You can pretty much say that they're out of the playoffs unless they would, like, win every game. Um, but anyways, thoughts out to those guys in, in New York, Giants territory. Uh, other big news that came out, I believe, yesterday or the day before, Adrian Peterson traded to the Cardinals. This kind of blew my mind because I think he's also a big reason why my fantasy team hasn't been performing very well. I think I picked him up um, late second or third round. Eh, I don't know. Maybe it was later than that. I'm not entirely sure because he's kind of a washed up running back. Um, he got traded to a team that is a pass first offense, uh, but he he didn't perform well there. Like, he has like what 27 touches in all the first five weeks and he hasn't been able to produce. Like he hasn't had any breakout runs or anything. He seems to have the speed, but he can't get that first cut to get him free. So I don't know what the heck's going on with him. I hope he figures it out. But um, after the last five weeks, I'm like ready to drop his ass and like put him on the waivers and let somebody else come through and suffer when they pick him up and he doesn't perform. But um I have some hopes that he will do something in Arizona. I mean, their offensive line is definitely struggling. I did, as soon as he got traded to the Cardinals, I looked up a guy named Mike Ayupati. He's an Idaho Vandal offensive guard. um, And this dude is humongous. I played basketball with the guy. He's super nice, super friendly dude, but I would not want to be in front of him on a football field. Dude is huge. Um, And he he was on that team... Uh, with Colin Kaepernick when they went to the Super Bowl uh, and they had Frank Gore I think still and he was helping push them through for touchdowns all the time and he was getting called out in the broadcast like big Mike Ipotty out of Idaho this guy pushing people around that's my best John Gruden impersonation by the way but he did good but I did see that back in like late September so like not even two weeks ago he went down with a some sort of a a leg injury that required surgery, which sucks for a big guy because after that, you got to hope they come back super strong or they might be in trouble because I mean, all that weight on their leg, he's just got to rehab that thing. Right. But anyways, going back to Adrian Peterson, I was, I was hoping big Mike was going to be there for him to, to help block. Cause I think he can help him get some yardage, but it looks like he won't be. And I've been reading that the Arizona offensive line is just, just, poop it just sucks so i'm gonna give him maybe one or two more weeks to see if he has a breakout week even if it happens on my bench i won't be that upset because it would be a surprise um 
But if he does well these next couple weeks, I might keep him on board and see how he does throughout the rest of the season. I mean, at this point, it can't get any worse for me. And I'm 0-5. Um, what sucks is at the beginning of the season, I bought my friend Jacob a shirt that says, I suck at fantasy football. And it's got a unicorn on it, rainbows. Um, I was, you know, a little friendly trash talk. I'm like, he got a free t-shirt out of it. I mean, come on. It's not like it's all bad. Um, but he beat me week one, first of all, and he didn't even have a tight end in his lineup. And then the second week I got demoralized by losing via score adjustment. Uh, the day after I, I thought I won, which really sucked. Um, and from there, it's just kind of like I've lost games and it, my players just underperform. And it's not like I'm leaving points on the bench either. So, um, Oh, and five right now I've got to win a whole bunch and I'm not going to be going to the championship at this point. There's no way I might like it the best. I could probably get top four. So shooting for that. <laughs> I'll let you guys know what happens. Um, and so on to the last topic of, uh, of the football segment. Um, you know, and Sam Grizzle, you've been here for some of the talk about the kneeling and the protests and stuff like that. And it's been in the news because it's such a, controversial topic and everybody has two cents to give. And I remember you having a discussion with us a couple weeks back. Um, but I just want to like go through the letter that, uh, Roger Goodell put out, um, and try to look at it as objectively as possible. And that's how I try to look at these types of things because I don't want to be favoring one side or the other. I know I did that a couple weeks back, Sam, and I apologize for that, but I want to look at this letter and talk about some of the things that are going on and some things that I've read and, and seen in, in the last couple weeks. So Adam Schefter broke this news. Go figure. Uh, dude is a, an NFL news breaking beast. Um, so he, I guess Roger Goodell sent out an email to NFL teams um, or two chief executives slash club presidents from commissioner Goodell. And this was yesterday. Um, the title was fall meeting slash national anthem. And I feel like this message has been coming for, you know, it's been on its way for a long time now. It's just a matter of uh, him kind of seeing how the situation plays out and then him making an adjustment within the NFL uh, to help resolve what's going on uh, in a proactive way. And I think that's kind of what this letter gets at. So I'm going to read this piece by piece and uh, give my two cents on it. Try to be objective and see both sides. And Sam, if you if you want to pitch in, uh, please do, and uh, we can have a little discussion here. Um, I do wish we had more people to to discuss it, but it's, if it's just me and you, man, I'm down. Let's go for it. Um, so it starts out saying this: We live in a country that can feel very divided. Sports, and especially the NFL, brings people together and lets them set aside those divisions at least for a few hours which I totally agree. Sports are meant to uh, be about unity and, uh, you know, teamwork and friendship and all those fuzzy, warm feeling things goes on to say the current dispute over the national anthem is threatening to erode the unifying power of our game and is now dividing us and our players from many fans across the country. And I think that is very true. He's not wrong there at all. Um, and where when he says that it's threatening the to erode the unifying power of our game i think it is because it's such a divided topic that they're talking about um that it, it doesn't allow the fans and the teams and the players and everybody to come to an understanding all at the same time like it's pretty much impossible when you have like you know 
32 teams or 32 yeah 32 so you have 16 games going on a week at the max and each one of those events is an event where players can kneel it's a different community within the nfl scope you know like san francisco is a different community from um boston for example so fans might be be more open to the kneeling thing in one area than the other um, and also fans who are against the kneeling might be more prominent in other areas than the other. And just the mix of all the different sides, like you have players who are divided amongst themselves, you have coaches and owners who are divided amongst themselves, and then at the other level you have fans who are divided at a big level who have a very big voice on this matter, and that's uh, what he's talking about here, the um, eroding the, the, the uniting unifying power of our game and our and is now dividing us and our players from many fans across the country. So I think he touches on good things in that that first paragraph. Um, second paragraph goes on to say, I'm very proud of our players and owners who have done the hard work over the past year to listen, understand, and attempt to address the underlying issues within their communities. At our September committee meetings, we heard directly from several players about why these issues are so important to them and how we can support their work. And last week, we met with the leadership of the NFL Players Association and more players to advance the dialogue, which I think is a, an, an enormous step. Um, one thing that has been missing from this entire issue ever since Colin Kaepernick started kneeling over a year ago um, was the support from administration officials, whether it's a coach, an owner, or even higher up like Roger Goodell. Um, the fact that none of those types of people have really addressed the issue um, has really in the end kind of hurt the issue. Um, uh, because I, I think if they would come out and make statements, uh, for better or for worse, um, or at least start a discussion about it, I think that it could have got to the point a lot quicker. Um, and now I, I, it just seems like, um, I think I mentioned this before, but it seems like the discussion, it did, it shifted from, um, bringing awareness to police brutality and oppression in our country to, um, Basically, like we need to save our, you know, we need to stand up as coaches that we're not going to let the commissioner do this to us rather than um, standing up for the players who are um, doing a silent protest that is not hurting anybody. Um, and and I mean, that's that's just true. It's not a, they're not physically hurting anybody. They're practicing their rights. Um, I definitely see the frustration that people take with it because of how they see the flag. And, um, and so I, I do see that side of the argument. Um, and so when he talks about how he's proud of our players and what they've done, I think that's really important. Like one thing that I mentioned that could be a part of the solution to the problem is, uh, with the NFLPA, the, the power that they have, um, set up some sort of an organization or a, an outlet for players from every community, every team, to be able to carry out this protest into an active dialogue in their their respective communities, so then they're tackling the issue on an individual basis everywhere, all at the same time. Much like I mentioned, is a problem when it comes to uh, fans plus ownership plus coaching and players. So I think it's it is really great. Everything that players do for their communities is tremendous. Um, if I was in a position to do something like that, I totally would. Um, and so it's really cool to see that players are, are trying to step up and, uh, you know, put themselves in a broader spotlight and, and 
instead of like risking their jobs and doing a kneel, they're going and talking to the administration people and being like, something needs to be done about this and increasingly so. So moving on, like many of our fans, we believe that everyone should stand for the national anthem. And when he says many of our fans, I don't, it's obviously pretty hard to get a percentage, but I would love to see a percentage on how, like whether fans are like on one side, the other, or indifferent on this matter. It'd be really interesting to see that number because I feel like it's like 50, 50, you know, and that's what makes it so much more dividing is because it's so close. There's not one side that can overpower the other. Um, although that's not really how that should work. Um, but I'm just saying that both parties seem equally represented. Um, which I think is a great opportunity for unifying and coming together and trying to understand one another. Um, and uh, right there, I just want to uh, start, you know, make a little comment about something I read recently. Uh, it reminded me about like when this protest started, um, I read about how, um, oh, what's his name? Nate Boyer. So Colin Kaepernick was sitting on the bench and, and Nate Boyer got interviewed because he's a, like a former green beret or he was in the service of some kind. Um, he's in the army. I know that much. And basically they asked him how he felt when he first saw Colin Kaepernick sitting on the bench during the national anthem. He's like, I was pissed. He's like, I was livid. Um, but he had the, the self-control to like step back a little bit, be like, well, wait a minute, let me try and understand this guy and see if I can't reach him. Um, and maybe we can have a discussion about it, which I think is freaking awesome. This dude went out of his way to have a discussion with Colin and is, and if you, you got to look it up, like I don't have any articles ready for this right now. Um, uh, there's a bunch of stuff out there, but Nate Boyer has been very involved in this conversation, um, ever since it started. And so after him and Colin Kaepernick met, um, you know, like Colin Kaepernick was like, Hey man, we should meet up and talk about this. I'd love to, uh, talk to you about how maybe I could do this in a more respectful way or what your thoughts are. Um, and just tell you about where I'm coming from and, and Nate Boyer totally understood where he was coming from. And he's the one that mentioned like, well, you know, maybe you should kneel because that's what we do when we have lost a, a brother in, in, in the army or like we've lost a soldier. We, we kneel when we pray, you know, all the things that you've probably heard in all in the arguments on that side. And so he's like, maybe you should kneel out of a sign of respect uh, for your fallen brothers and also to raise awareness for an issue that's very much a problem in our country. And that's not me putting words in his mouth. That's like, you know, paraphrasing a little bit. That's pretty much how it went. And so from there, it got misconstrued as like it's against the military when really he consulted a guy of the military to help him make a decision on how to go about it. And I think that's where a lot of the animosity comes from on the Colin Kaepernick side. Um, But on the other hand, I can see how one guy speaking for the army is not speaking for the entire military point of view. You know what I mean? Um, In the comments on this article I read recently, it was talking about how, uh, well, somebody was just like, um, yeah, everybody needs to stop lumping all of the military family into one, one side of the issue and being like the fact that the, you know, the. Um, kneeling is disrespectful. It's like you can't lump all of us into one side just because a lot of people think that like a lot of military members are of the, of the thought that um, kneeling is actually, I mean, and this is me, this is me uh, kind of guesstimating a little bit. And it's also something that I mentioned in a previous podcast, but kneeling 
during the national anthem is almost like paying more respect to the flag because of um, your exercising of those rights that the flag represents um, and for a cause that is really important in the country. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to go too crazy down that path, but uh, it, it says something when the military is also divided on the issue because uh, not all of them are against the kneeling, but yet all, you know, not all of them think that it's a good idea in terms of how they should represent their country and whatnot. So something to take with a grain of salt, maybe go check out some of those articles and videos of Nate Boyer talking to Colin Kaepernick and his thoughts. Nate Boyer is a stand-up guy. Um, man, I, I, that's like the coolest part of this, this whole thing is that it start, it started out with a lot of hope that something could get done on an issue that clearly a lot of players feel passionate about and feel needs needs to be discussed. And then it kind of got twisted into this uh, uh, almost like a money-hungry thing, and we'll get into that more as we go, uh, I think, with this letter. So he goes on to say in that paragraph, he says, Like many of our fans, we believe that everyone should stand for the national anthem. It is an important moment in our game. We want to honor our flag and our country, and our fans expect that of, at that of us. Um, and I would say that it is expected at a game, uh, nowadays, maybe not all fans expect it. Uh, it's like I was saying, I think it's kind of 50, 50, but he goes on to say, we also care deeply about our players and respect their opinions and concerns about critical social issues. The controversy over the Anthem is a barrier to having honest conversations and making real progress on the underlying issues. We, we need to move past this controversy and we want to do that together with our players. Okay. So here's where he starts to dig in a little bit further. And I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this. He says, he starts out by saying, we also care deeply about our players and respect their opinions. But basically the controversy over the Anthem is a barrier to having these conversations. No, it's, I don't think that's true because the moment that a player's kneeling is a time when somebody, you know, after the game, obviously, or in the locker room or uh, on social media, however you want to get a hold of somebody, if you see them kneeling, like right out the gate when Colin Kaepernick did that, nobody really, like, besides Nate Boyer, really took the time to try and understand his story. And then when he when he shared that story with the world, he got hit with a ton of criticism and stuff. And... It's like, and it's kind of hypocritical when he says we care deeply about our players and respect their opinions and concerns about critical social issues, but you doing this is dividing us. Okay, I don't, I don't think that's totally true because that type of action is trying to raise awareness for something that is trying to bring unity around an issue that needs it the most. Like they're saying, basically, our our nation is not one and we're not treated equal we're being oppressed um we need people from the other side who are people who aren't seeing this to agree with us um you know not forcefully but i mean just by conversation have a conversation with us and understand where we're coming from and support us uh to unify this country but it's almost like they're using a a protest that is meant to unite to but they're saying that it's dividing and i Obviously, it is dividing. You can look at the numbers. You can look at the Twitter stories. You can look at all those things. It's clearly dividing people. 
Uh, and I think it's because people on both sides are not willing to communicate with one another and understand their side of the conversation. Um, nobody's really providing any solutions, which I think is the problem. Uh, it's just been a lot of like, I mean, you know, not like I'd say there's not, not been any public solutions. The one I mentioned last week and maybe a couple weeks ago was take the lead Boston.org. Those guys put together a team, a thing where like all teams in the Boston area, um, are carrying out an initiative to educate the public on these civil rights issues, uh, specifically relating to, uh, the protests that started over a year ago with Colin Kaepernick. And I think that's beautiful. Every team should be trying to do something like that. So the fact that there are solutions out there, I want to see what happens. I want to see more teams get involved with that. And I want to see like a documentary come out of this just to like be a big unifying movie that everybody sees because everybody knows the topic of kneeling during the national anthem these days, even if you're not a sports fan, that movie or that documentary, whatever it's going to be, has a potential to be a unifying moment in recent sports history that we've never really had the chance to experience, you know, I mean, at least not me in my lifetime. So I want to see that like a, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it now a documentary needs to come out documenting all of this, uh, proactive discussion within these NFL teams communities and put it on in a freaking movie theater. I want to go to a, a place that's super diverse people from all over the place are in this theater and watch this thing together and have a big, happy, uh, party about it. You know, I, I just, I see some good things coming. Uh, unfortunately it's going to like, there's going to be some arguments along the way. So going on, uh, building on, he says, building on many discussions with clubs and players, we have worked to develop a plan that we will review with you, with you at next week's league meeting. This will include such elements as an in-season platform to promote the work of our players on these core issues. That's the documentary I'm talking about. They need to, they need to like get a team of marketing people together, um, you know, a team of videographers, photographers, when they go out and do these things in their community, um, and show the people what good can do when you have a discussion, because that will educate both sides, and all is good. No, no harm, no foul. Uh, he says, uh, <clears throat> this would include such elements as an in-season platform to promote the work of our players on these core issues. Uh, again, thinking on that, maybe it's a video that happens before every game to show what's going on and then they can stand for the national anthem. Um, I don't know. He says, we want to ensure that any work at the league level is consistent with the work that each club is doing in its own community and that we dedicate a platform that can enable these initiatives to succeed. Additionally, we will continue the unprecedented dialogue with our players. Okay, that's kind of like a garbage second half paragraph, I think. We want to ensure that any work at the league level is consistent with the work that each club is doing in its own community. Okay, so the NFL, like whatever, basically the the, the league would share or showcase the stories going on in each community about this project um, and support them in whatever they do. I think that's, okay, That that makes sense. And finally, the last paragraph, I expect and look forward to a full and open discussion of these issues when we meet next week in New York. Everyone involved in the game needs to come together on a path forward to continue to, continue to be a force for good within our communities, protect the game, and preserve our relationship with fans throughout the country. I love how he just peppers in protect the game. <laughs> it's like, uh, 
And, and going off of that, the first comment I'm seeing here, translation, we are losing money, so instruct your players to stand. That's basically what it sounds like right there. And preserve our relationship with fans throughout the country. The NFL is at its best when we are our, when we ourselves are unified. In that spirit, let's resolve that next week. We will meet this challenge in a unified and positive way. Wow. That's kind of a lot to take in. I think good on Roger Goodell for <clears throat> coming out with a response to all of this stuff that's been going on. Uh, I think he hit on a lot of good points, and I think that he also made some statements that have like a greedy undertone to it where he's like, we're losing ratings. We're losing fans. We're losing these things. So we need to, we need to hurry and come to a solution quick, you know, <laughs> and so that we can fix the problem. And, and that quick solution, I think he wants people to stand, but give them a platform to carry out their, um, their doings. Um, I don't know. It's, it, because, I mean, I've read some things that I agree with on both sides, and so I'm kind of torn on what he's saying here. But I do love that he's trying to do something about it at one level or another. I just don't think he was proactive enough. And the fact that he's doing this in a private meeting where, you know, the, the fans want to know what's going on. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of disclosure about that after the fact. Um but it sounds like a lot more players are going to be at this meeting because they want to have their voice heard in this discussion um, to try and you know sway it one way or the other because, I mean, it, uh, this is me going off, I mean, not off the record, this is on the record, it's recorded and live on the internet, but I'm very much of the belief that they, they have the right to kneel. Um, they've mentioned several times it's not out of disrespect for the military, Although some player, t some people take it that way, uh, and also out of the gate when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, it was taken at the advice of a an army veteran. You, I just don't think that you can nitpick like that when he had all the right intentions, um, and for a good cause that is an that is an issue in this country. If I mean, if he sees it as an issue, and other, uh, you know, obviously a lot of other people see it as an issue, it's clearly an issue, and anybody who thinks otherwise is just ignorant. That's just that's that's me just going out there on a limb and diving right off into the water. Um, so, anyways, I I'm really interested to hear what happens with this meeting with Roger Goodell and team executives, and hopefully a whole bunch of players. Uh, Eric Reed has been very outspoken on the issue. Um, one thing that he mentioned recently when, um, uh, somebody, um, I don't remember what was the comment that was made. Oh yeah. So, so this shoot, let me go find it. Uh, let me hop over to my Twitter real quick. Sorry guys. Once again, not completely prepared. Uh, let me go to my tweets and replies. Crap, I hope this audio is not playing. Ugh, it's the worst. All right, let's see here. Let's see here. Tweets and replies. <clears throat> and this is, you know, me just kind of recollecting what's going on in the Twitter world. So Adam Schefter uh, came out and said, while Adrian Peterson trade came down, so this is like right after that news broke, 
NFL said owners will consider a rule change that would require players to stand for national anthem. And Eric Reed, when he heard that in an interview, he said, well, no, he was talking about Mike Pence walking out. That's a whole different story. Um, anyways, he, Eric Reed, he player on the 49ers who's been with Colin Kaepernick along alongside him the entire way, uh, from when the, the whole argument was what it was supposed to be. And it was about oppression of uh, minorities in the country. Um, he was talking about how Pence's move was, a, uh, and this is me being objective this is me just reporting the news basically, but he was saying that Mike Pence's move of basically leaving after the national anthem, after he saw players kneel, you know, when he knows that the, the 49ers have the most players who kneel him leaving early like that is a PR stunt against their movement. And Eric Reed did not take a fancy with that. He said, this is what systemic oppression looks like when the administration um, that can very much help unify people in a time like this uses it as a platform to divide even further. Uh, And I had to quote tweet him. Like, I mean, I replied to Adam Schefter's thing and I quoted Eric Reed. I tagged Eric Reed and I said, this is what systemic oppression looks like. And it's very true. If you make a rule in a system to make players do something that's against their first amendment rights, and if they don't do it, they are fired. That's oppression. And especially when they were using their platform in an innocent way to get a message out there. Uh, I just don't, I don't agree with that at all, but I know I have a feeling Eric Reed is going to be very involved in that conversation. Um, probably Michael Bennett, maybe not so much after the news came out when um, he, you know, the second video showing what actually happened during his arrest. Um, but Doug Baldwin was very knowledgeable on the topic. We'll see if he gets involved. Uh, but definitely Eric Reed. Maybe Eric Boyer will come out again as well. Was it Eric Boyer? Nate Boyer. There we go. Well, anyways, uh, going back to the podcast, that pretty much is all that we have for you guys this week. Um, not a, you know, not a super long podcast this week, which I'm happy about. It's going to be about an hour. Um, but let me know what you guys think about Roger Goodell's letter. Let me know what you think about Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, drop a comment about um, how you're feeling about the NBA season and the stories you're most looking forward to. I'm, ashi- I'm excited to hear your thoughts. But for now, let's dive right into the question of the week. So last week, we asked, what is the coolest sporting event you've ever been to? Why was it special? Was it location, team, stakes, player, or their records broken? Um, and I don't think let me go check the youtube and see if clay didn't put in a comment that i missed because i did that last week and i apologize clay maybe i'll go back and read it real quick uh switch account let me go to the abstract sports account oh crap i hope you're not hearing audio from any of these things (laughs) i i've said that so many times in this podcast um oh here we go notifications all right no comments from clay dog that's all right clay dog i love you man um, let's see here. I'm going to read his answer from last week or the last podcast. Oh, shoot. Pause, pause, pause. Oh, uh, pause. There we go. Got it. So when we were talking about, uh, what our question a couple weeks back was asking, uh, what your proactive solution would be to the issue. Uh, Clay basically came out and commented saying, they have the right to kneel, man. People just follow the leaders like sheep and repeat the same thing. People need some intangibles in their life. She. 
That was that's a quote from Clay Dog. <laughs> um, and it's still a very relevant qu- comment because we're talking about similar things still. Um, but anyways, we didn't get any any answers this week, so I'm gonna go ahead and give you my answer. Again, the question was, what is the coolest sporting event you've ever been to? Why was it special? Was it location, team, stakes, player, were their records broken? I've got a few, guys. I want to share a few because I seek out these events as much as I can given my geographic location. And I'll tell you what, I've made it to some some real winners. So I have to say, and, and I'll go from like – I'll, I'll give you my best one last one of the coolest sporting events I've ever participated in or gone to was the very, like the last rival game between Boise state university and Idaho Vandals. So this is a rivalry that goes back like decades upon decades. Um, back in the day, like in the eighties, we used to stomp Boise state and then they turned their program around and, uh, they started stomping us. And it's pretty much been that way ever since. Um, and there's a lot of drama that happened where their athletic director, I believe, got um, his Jimmy's got rustled when a, a an opinion piece reached his desk. That and this is from a, a University of Idaho student. The opinion piece said something about um, I don't know something about the rivalry, and it really ticked off their athletic director or whoever it was. And he basically came out and said that the Idaho Vandals, like we don't ever want to go back there and play them again. They're just nasty and inebriated. It's like, okay, well, you know, what college student is not inebriated at a at a football game besides BYU uh, attendees? I mean, not everybody's inebriated, but, you know, it's a college campus, tailgating, what goes with that? It, it's just going to happen. Uh, and so I was at the last game that Boise State played in Moscow, and it was a beautiful thing. Like, that was the loudest the Kibbe Dome has ever been. Um, the, the stadium was packed. It's you know one of it's it's the only only Division One indoor stadium, and so when that thing is packed, it's loud, super loud, and I wish I could have had better seats, um, but the people in the front row, there were like a bunch of dudes and chicks and stuff who had their shirts off. I mean, they had sports bras on, of course, um, no indecency, and they on their chests or and their bellies they had painted. In an organized fashion, it read all the way across. It said, nasty and inebriated. That's a lot of people that had to get organized to make that sign happen. And we had some pretty good plays to start out the game. Um, And if we would have upset them at home that night, oh my gosh, the town would have burned down. Um, Just how rowdy and rambunctious it was. But... Yeah, after that, that's when Boise State left our left the whack and they went on to bigger, better things. And uh, now they're just kind of getting kind of getting beat down. They're not that good of a team anymore. It's pretty much like ever since Coach Peterson left uh, for Wa- University of Washington, he let, just left them high and dry. He's like, "We need to move conferences." They get out, and then he's like, "Peace out. See you later. <laughs> I'll take more money over here. Thanks for the time, anyways." Uh, so that event was pretty dang cool. Um, but the best one I've ever been to, of course, it's basketball related. I was able to go to Kobe's last game in Salt Lake City on his farewell tour. Super cool experience. Like this is a guy that I, you know, I followed pretty much his entire career all the way from the point when I was a 10 or 11. 
I think he came in the league when I was like eight or nine, but um, I didn't notice him until I was like 10 or 11. And uh, that's pretty much when I switched from being a Michael Jordan fan to being a Kobe Bryant fan. I was like right in the middle there. You know, MJ had his streak in the 90s. It was really good. And I, I'll i never forget watching those playoff games uh, against the Seattle Supersonics and the Trailblazers, I think, um, in 96, 97, 97, 98. Uh, and that's why I have that song playing on the introduction is the, the Chicago Bulls theme song because it just gets me fired up. It, it takes me back to that time. But anyways, I got to see Kobe's last game in Salt Lake City. And maybe one of these days I'll share the video um, of the introduction for him. They played a video showing some of his highlights from when he uh, would beat down the Jazz in the playoffs. Um, and also back to the time when Kobe was in, when he was very young, like 18, 19, and airballing game-winning shots. Uh, against the jazz and getting booed and everything so that was really cool because the fans like those fans really any professional sports fan can appreciate a talent when a talent's time is done um and getting to be there for kobe's last game was just surreal to me it was so loud in there and oh my gosh so cool and at the end of the game uh this kid was standing kind of by the bench and kobe signed his shoes and threw them to him in the crowd just stand up move there. I wish it was me getting those shoes though. <laughs> but that's that's the question from last week. Those are my two favorite things. I, you know, the Boise State Idaho game is a pretty close second there because I mean as as much as Kobe has been an influence to me in my life, you know, Idaho Vandals are family, dude, and that game was just on a different level. <laughs> so Anyways, on to what is going to be the question for next week. Huh, let's see. What's been going on in the sports world that has a great story to it? Uh, let's see. So I'm talking about... <clears throat> okay, here we go. I'll keep it a little open-ended. We're going to go basketball for this one. Uh... Who do you think here's the, okay. Here's the question for next week. The question is for the NBA season opener on Tuesday, October 17th, 2017. Who do you think is going to win between the Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics? Do you think it's going to be a, a game that is, uh, just a, a showdown between the point guards, or do you think other players are going to take over? Do you think Gordon Hayward and Isaiah Thomas are going to mesh well together? I don't know. I don't think they will, but I want to see Boston beat Cleveland. I do. I really do. I like Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward making that move. Bold strategy, Cotton. Um, and so I'm rooting for them against the, against the Cavaliers anyways. I have a lot of respect for the Cavs and what they do. Uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron getting back together, which I think has high hopes for that team, but they are getting kind of old, especially Dwayne Wade. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll make it, we can make it even a little more open-ended. Just maybe what, what is your favorite or what storyline are you following the most in the NBA right now? Is it the LeBron Wade duo? Is it the Kyrie Hayward duo? Is it the point guard showdown that's going to happen on Tuesday? I'll leave it open to you. Let's just talk about some NBA. 
Um, what's going on, Flash? Flash Z, cringy stream. How you doing? There's some people in here that I didn't even notice, but we're just about to just about to wrap this up. Um, uh, this is the weekly podcast that we do every Wednesday, seven o'clock Mountain Time, nine o'clock Eastern Time, um, and we're just getting to the end of it here. I wish we can go a little bit longer, but I don't have enough content for that. So um, I feel bad you guys are just showing up, or I'm just noticing that. Uh, but anyways. That pretty much does it for episode 28 of the Abstract Sports Podcast. I want to thank everybody for coming through the stream today. Sam Grizzle, thanks, my man, for coming through and uh, leaving a comment about my glasses I'm wearing because you know they're stylish. Uh, and Flash Crinzy Stream and Titori23, thanks, guys, for coming through the podcast. Be sure to follow us, subscribe, like all those things you can find us on facebook twitter instagram snapchat even if that's your thing i don't post on there nearly enough um but make sure you hit that follow button on twitch uh we go live every wednesday nine o'clock eastern time with our uh live podcast broadcast (laughs) uh after we go live, we will take this into post-production, put it up on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, your favorite things out there. Um, but be sure to hit that follow button on Twitch, turn your notifications on so you can know when we go live next time, and we'll have a discussion about some sports topics. But that does it for me. I'm Kyle Richards, a.k.a. Tater Deluxe. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye-bye. <laughs>